0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe.
1: Looking to bet on the NFL this season? There's no better place to wager than betonline.ag. From spreads to totals to player props, you can bet on anything and everything NFL at betonline.ag this season. BetOnline is the official provider of all betting lines used on the TDN Fantasy Podcast and the DraftNetwork.com. Go to betonline.ag and start wagering on the NFL, college football, and so much more right now.
0: TDN Fantasy.
2: The TDN Fantasy the TDN Podcast. Podcast. With your hosts Paige Demakos, Jamie Eisner, and Jake Arians.
0: Welcome into the TDN Fantasy Podcast. Paige Demakos, Jake Arians, Jamie Eisner. I'm back. I know the boys uh, are already on one in the free show so this could be a very very interesting show uh, we will get into waiver wires some guys you might look at picking up this week a couple of ranking standouts good and bad and two football games to get into Tuesday night football again you're so lucky to have Tuesday Night football again and Thursday night we actually get a Thursday night football game this week so feels good that we'll be able to have that this week fingers crossed that's exactly right Jake so Let's start off with the waiver wire uh, players that Chris Schubert has so nicely put together for us. We'll start off with a nice compliment to our producer behind the scenes since he's inevitably going to get dunked on probably three times during the show. So first guy, Mitchell Trubisky, Mitchy biscuits. Uh, listen, we all know my affinity for Mitch and apparently everybody in fantasy football is now catching on since the bears offense can score. They just can't win football games. So Jamie, Are you picking up Mitchell Trubisky this week?
1: He's in consideration. Um, he's my QB 18 for this week. He's got a good matchup against Houston it, with no teams on by now. And now a limited number of teams, most likely only paying attention. Unfortunately, a lot of teams that don't make the playoffs, they will not pay attention during the consolation bracket. You probably have better options. You know, Taysom Hill is still available in a lot of the leagues. Um, a guy I like more than usual this week, Phillip rivers is my QB 13 going up against the Vegas secondary. That's been torched for most of the year. Uh, Some of those guys, Matt Ryan, Matthew Stafford, even like I would play all those guys before I get to Mitch Trubisky. But if you're in a deeper league, I think he could be a solid option for if you're in like in a 16 team league or a 14 team league where a lot of people have multiple quarterbacks. uh, He could be a solid option or a good QB two in super flex.
2: Not unless I'm as desperate as I was last week because it bit me in the ass. So, no, you have to be deep and you have to be beyond desperate to want the he played really well at 13 points. He's not running the ball at all, so you're not getting that inflated quarterback rushing statistic, which he should be. Um, so no, I'm, I'm there. There are plenty of other options and better. It's a decent matchup, yes, but we're assuming the Bears' offense is going to take advantage of that. I'm, I'm completely off,
0: and it has to do with the Bears. Yeah, listen, what we talk about in fantasy football things we want to happen versus what ha- what actually happens. The thing I want to happen: the offense lets Mitchell Trubisky run and use his legs, which is a phenomenal weapon and great for fantasy football. Not gonna happen. Been asked well, for, be this honest. for three years.
2: Mitch against Detroit has been spectacular and mm-hmm. was one of his better games of the of the year last week. He doesn't do that against anybody else. So I don't yeah. I, they're not playing Detroit again. They're playing basically the same bad defense, but I don't have any faith that he's gonna take advantage of it like he had Detroit in the rest of his career. I mean, Jamie's statistic of a week of the week last week, a quarter of his touchdown passes <laughs> have come against the Detroit Lions. Yeah, he's over and done with them this year.
0: Yeah, it's uh, this is not uh, the Detroit Lions. So moving on, uh, another quarterback making the list this week, Tua Tonga Valoa. Ilo- Jamie, are you picking up Tua this week?
1: Nah, nah. I, I just look. I, I look. He had a great second half, uh, and, and I'm not gonna. But this offense still doesn't do a whole lot. Uh, even with him, like he's not going to put up big numbers, they're doing enough to win football games, but they're not really doing a lot to help you fantasy wise. It completely saps Devontae Parker's value. You, you would have got an okay performance from him last week, but you need multiple touchdowns, like that's what you're looking for. You're not, he's not going to run the ball enough for you to like to boost you up. He's not going to give you like Cam Newton like games where you could throw for 70 yards and one touchdown and still get you a 25 point day. He's going up against the Kansas City defense in real life. That's beatable, but in fantasy, they've been pretty darn good against fantasy quarterbacks and limiting their production. So, I just don't see it. To, he's he's down at QB 23 for me. Uh, so, I mean, if you're in a two QB league, yes, but otherwise, there's really no reason to pick him up for this matchup. Like, even if he repeats what he did last week, it's not like he just let lit the fantasy world on fire. I just I, I don't see him getting a two or three touchdown game. It's just not what he's been doing. He's not turning the ball over. Showed some signs in the second half, ended up getting what I think, what, 290 plus yards uh, in the game in total. But even so, I still you're looking for 20 plus points at this point to play a QB one. I don't see his path to getting that. Grew with
2: Jamie wholeheartedly. Now, while I walked it back a little bit, you missed on the show the other night page. I gave him his props for how well he played. I said he was going to go 11 for 22 for 96 yards again. He was much better than that. But it's still this RPO, dink and dunk, take a shot. Now he hit a big shot in that game, a couple of them. I just don't see a path. This Kansas City defense is better than people think. And this Kansas City offense is gonna be fine, even though Miami's defense is really good. I don't they don't run the ball at all. So you're gonna put it on Tua. And he's still a rookie who's putting more and more on tape every week. Last time I checked, the defensive coordinator for the Chiefs has been around for a Spags has been around for a while, right? I mean, yeah, like, yes. I, I think he's gonna have some stuff dialed up. So I don't like this one either in fantasy.
0: All right, guys, moving on to running backs. First guy we're going to talk about here is Adrian Peterson coming off of a good performance. Never aging AP somehow manages to kind of make these lists always around this time of the year. And with some injuries, obviously, and things that have happened, are you feeling okay about playing AP, even though it, it feels like it's like, eh, it comes with a caveat, right? Like you're looking at it and you're like, uh, ah, I don't really know. But again, that running back position has been very sketchy this year. Jamie.
1: No, I I don't think he's even worth adding at this point. You're going to get DeAndre Swift back here shortly. And even if he is in somewhat of a limited capacity, at that point you want Adrian Peterson to be what Jordan Howard, get you a couple goal line carries, hopefully falls in the end zone a few times. I just, with everybody back, everybody playing, I think you're going to have better better options this week. I mean, if I just look at, and, and here's where the context of this comes in. It's not just about the player. It's about the opportunity cost of what you might be giving up. Like this week, and I won't mention one name because we're about to talk talk about him in a second, but some other players that I would much prefer over Adrian Peterson, guys like J.D. McKissick, who's going to play a bigger role, and Peyton Barber, because I think it looked to me from the replays that Antonio Gibson got turf toe, so I don't think he's going to be back on the field in six days. So that's that could be a problem. So you have J.D. McKissick, you've got, you've got Peyton Barber. Uh, I, I take a look at a guy, even if you want to take a deep shot, on a guy like Cordero Patterson against the Houston rushing defense, that's abysmal. And he's been getting touches on the ground. I would take a chance on those guys, all of those guys over Adrian Peterson. So he's not a top 40 running back for me. Um, If Swift is ruled out later in the week, he might then jump into like the top 35 or 36. But I don't think you're going to be regretting not starting Adrian Peterson in the fantasy playoffs.
2: Yeah, now why I love AD, and I'm never counting him out, (laughs) I'm going to go to Jamie's t-shirt that he wanted to make. You have a wide receiver better than any other option for your flex. Yeah. And that's all he would be at this point. And there's still right. a million receivers out there that are in better matchups to play in your flex position.
0: All right, guys. The next guy that makes the list, I, I'm 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 certain that Chris needed to work in the fact that there's a New York Jets player that has positive things being said about him, right? And that is Ty Johnson coming off of a, a good performance: 22 carries, 104 yards. So I think I think Chris wanted to make sure because we usually Jameson Crowder we can give love to, but other than that not really a whole lot of positives coming out of New York these this time of the year so Jamie are you excited about potentially adding Ty Johnson to your roster for the remainder and going into the fantasy postseason
1: I'm intrigued I think okay. he's worthy of a bench spot for me especially with Frank Gore being out because they're gonna get a lot of volume they run the football a lot regardless of the outcome of games and they have a and look Seattle's run defense is overrated because their past defense was, was obliterated for most of the season. Teams just chose not to run. Uh, they got ran over by Wayne Gallman and company last week. Uh, anybody, any back that gets 20-plus touches is going to get my attention. Now, he's not an RB2 or anything. I have him as my RB31 this week. So, you might, in a three-running-back league or multi-flex league, he becomes in consideration for you. Again, the point that Jake made um, that I always say on the show applies here, too, with... There's probably 45 wide receivers I have ranked over my RB30 right now. I mean, so the odds are you're going to like your receiver options better. But I do think he's worthy of a bench spot because he's going to get the work, at least until Frank Gore comes back.
2: I'm intrigued by – I liked what I saw. I watched people going back and forth watching that game, and I'm like, who the hell is Johnson? That's a tall, good-looking son of a gun. Like, who is this? And then I said, (laughs) Ty Johnson. I was like, what? I didn't even know he was on the Jets. Yeah, he looked good. He looked explosive, kept running out of bounds instead of trucking his corners when he got around the corner. But he he, he had like eight 10 yard carries when I was watching and he looked explosive. So I liked what I saw. I'm intrigued enough that if you have a really deep bench, he's worth adding because if they have any other injuries, I think they're going to go. <laughs> Hang on. I'm talking about the Jets. You would think they would go with <laughs> a hot hand of a player that played well last week moving forward. Now, I did say last week, Paige, we were all kind of right on this game. We we're all very right on this game. The Jets were going to play. They're finally healthy on offense. Perriman, Denzel Mims is raw, but he looks good. Like that, that, they have some weapons with Darnold back. I think you can. I think they'll run it decent.
0: Trust me, I was watching this game like a hawk from my phone. Right, like I, I, I didn't watch. I was away and didn't didn't get into much of the football this weekend. But I was watching the score of this football game intently, just waiting for a Chris Schubert meltdown just so absolutely close. waiting i'm looking at it, i'm going oh if this happens jamie and jake are just going to let chris have it for eternity right and i luckily for chris you got a, at least a good performance where you could probably enjoy the football game what the jets lost and you're one step closer to getting your boy trevor lawrence
2: i saw the greatest thing ever yesterday that if Trevor Lawrence goes to the Jets and the Jets turn this around and win a Super Bowl, Greg Williams needs to be the grand marshal of the Super Bowl parade. And all of Jets land, he just got fired. And all these people that love the let's build for the future crowds that will win games now crowd are still jumping on Greg for what he, what he did. But he needs to be like the Lord and Savior under Joe Namath in Jets lore moving forward if they get Trevor Lawrence and this thing turns around. He does. He absolutely does.
0: Oh, I love it. The, Chris, any thoughts on the,
2: that?
1: Give Greg Williams an extension. Give him a spot in the Jets Hall of Fame. Uh, roll out the red carpet for the guy. Greg. We don't, we
2: don't need extensions. We said turn job. this thing around.
1: Just, yeah, just yeah, give yeah, no, him no, no, like no, in
2: Jets lore. You got Broadway, Joe, and you got Greg.
1: So speaking of this topic, before uh, let's get us completely off the rails here for a second because we had a really good content meeting uh, before this show here at the TDN team. Uh, and we're going to have a piece on Jamal Adams that's coming on, on Friday. But we got into like the real galaxy brain of this. And we said, because yes. we I, I brought up the joke about the Jamal Adams revenge game. Then I said, no, the real Jamal Adams revenge game is finding a way for the Seahawks to lose. Giving up the game winning score, like he's supposed to help on Rashad Perriman over the top and just doesn't. That is the ultimate Jamal Adams revenge game. Cost himself and his team the win in order to make sure the Jets don't get Trevor Lawrence. That is what I need. I need Jamal Maybe to Jesus fall and Maybe
2: Greg Williams. I'm here for all of it. That's Chris, what
1: we need.
0: The the unfortunate part for all of you that are listening to this is that you cannot see the face that Chris just made. Right. So he he put he tucks he tucks his hat over his eyes and it has this just extreme shame. Right. He's just like he sh- it's shame. And it's like, just completely terrified because Jamie has a way of putting stuff out to the universe and the and universe sometimes, sometimes got makes got it, it happen too. Yep. And, I, and Jamie, all so close.
2: And it was really that, close. Is, is this that outlandish
0: though? No. Did Jessica beat the freaking off the way they're playing. Not only that, but Jamal if, Adams is a petty MF.
1: Yeah. If this game was in New York, I would feel a little bit better about, about it. But I mean, I, I, I I'm on record as saying the Giants
2: actually. are at least 10 point better. And that was when the Giants sucked eight weeks ago that they were 10 point better than the, than the Jets. But it's not inconceivable as bad as the Seahawks are playing all the way around. Their defense is blitzing and making plays. But they're still giving up a ton. As you said, they had it ran down their friggin' throats. Now we're assuming Adam GaSe is going to come up with a great game plan, and then somebody's taking over for Greg Williams. It's going to just dial up something yeah, different, but it's not completely be... inconceivable. They'll probably be thirteen point dogs. It'll be just like this week. I, I'd be taking the freaking dog on that one.
0: I absolutely love the fact that this has just entered the universe, Chris. Yeah, I think sorry. it is actually
1: thirteen. But uh, Chris, yeah, very it, sorry it's for be, you. Pal. Uh, very sorry for you. And pal. then there's like flip a double bird to Adam GaSe, one for each G at the end of Greg Williams's name. Like, just great. Can't wait.
0: Need it bad. Need it bad. All right, moving on, continuing on with our waiver wire. Uh Tony Pollard, you guys uh thinking about picking up Tony Pollard this week, Jamie?
1: So this is this is an interesting topic because Jake and I spent a lot of time talking about this on our last show. And this is a conditional yes. If you have a deeper-ish bench and you have Zeke, then I think yes, Tony Pollard is worth adding. And it goes back to the conversation that we talked about on the show about roster building and calling your bench and getting everything prepared for the fantasy postseason and dropping these guys that are just going to get you those steady six, seven, eight fantasy points a week, dropping those like Gio Bernard's, dropping those Benny Snell's, those types of players for you. If you're a team that has championship aspirations and you you don't have the bench base and going to make sure that the guys on your bench either have a chance to play for you in these next couple weeks or save you from like the apocalypse scenario where one of your stars get hurt. That is a scenario that I would grab Tony Pollard. I would not grab Tony Pollard if you have any aspirations to play him with Zeke still on the field anytime soon. Like I just I don't think the Dallas offense is good enough anyway right now to sustain multiple playmakers. Mari Cooper, you're starting every week. You're probably still starting Zeke every week for the, in the most part as an RB two, but that's really about it uh, at the moment. So I, I would not rush out there to go grab Tony Pollard just in general.
2: I go back to Thanksgiving Day and I'm sitting with my dad watching games and I'm like. Is that Tony Pollard in again on third down? And he goes, yeah, that's why you don't freaking pay running backs $100 million. Because he's a better at the blitz pickup. He's more explosive. He's had bigger plays. He catches it better. He's playing a ton. He's worth something. Like in a sleeper league, we have two flexes, and it's deep if you're 12 or 14 teams. Yeah, I'm absolutely looking at it. It's conditional other than that. I mean, smaller leagues, more traditional 12-team stuff. No, not really. But, like, it's worth looking at. He plays a ton A ton. He's in on every third down. They throw it to him a bunch. Now, they're playing the Bengals. They might need him in two minutes. I I don't know. I mean, it's still a conditional, as Jamie said. But, like, it it is weird to pay a dude that much money and then the other guy play this much. Because it's not like Zeke doesn't stick his face in there on pass protection or can't catch the ball. Like, it is weird, the usage that he's getting.
0: Well, the – as we've talked about with the fumbling issues that have happened for Ezekiel Elliott this year, right. That are, that are totally out of character alongside the fact that this team in general has lost its identity, right. And the identity that existed with Ezekiel Elliott. And that's the problem with when you pay somebody and then there's new coaching staff and new regime and looking for their stamp and, and new identity for them. And,
2: and all their decent offensive linemen that were left are gone, including yep. Zach Martin, who's not going to play in this game. So yep. like, they are decimated. The offensive line—they have been atrocious. And people think we talk about all the show all the time on the show, right? Recency bias. Well, that includes like three years ago. You still think the Dallas Cowboys have the best offensive line of football? They have one of the worst right now. They are 100%. backup decimated with a bunch of Joe schmoes out there playing. And I don't care if you're Ezekiel Elliott or you're God—you're not running for 150 yards behind this offensive line. And they're not going to pass protect either.
1: And speaking of next week, the, the Dallas Cincinnati Pennysula Bowl game. Who gets yeah. to get the, who gets the best offensive tackle? Yeah. Can't wait.
0: Yeah, that's that's an exciting aspect of this for sure. Just one of the one of the off season fantasy conversations I'm looking forward to the most is what the hell we do with Ezekiel Elliott. Because he's uh, it is by far and no away one of the most intriguing storylines that I am that I'm really looking forward to.
1: All right. And some t- of that has to and to your point, Paige. And I, I know this is your fantasy show, so we don't talk a lot about like draft and offensive tackles, but wherever Sewell goes is going to have a fantasy impact because Joe Mixon and Ezekiel Elliott are two huge name running backs in real life and in the fantasy community, having, adding one of those, adding that piece to one of those lines is going to have some sort of effect. We don't know what it's going to be right now on where we put those guys in dynasty, where we put those guys in redraft for 2021. Like that's going to matter. Like that number three pick is going to matter for fantasy, even though it's going to be an offensive tackle
0: especially
2: the way the offensive tackle rookies have played this year and he's rated yeah. higher than all of them from a year ago he's sure. significantly if you talk to all the guys draft wise Sewell is ahead of all these badass tackles that are playing this year. Wirfs and Wells Becton Thomas all of them Thomas didn't played really well for the Giants now he's turned it around last three or four weeks but Sewell is ahead of all those guys so if he can step in as a rookie and play like these guys are playing you're exactly right Jamie that's a significant difference on whatever offense he goes to
0: yeah, as I said, one of the more intriguing storylines of uh, what will be the fantasy football off season. All right, Tim Patrick outscored Tyree Kill. Are we buying into Tim Patrick this upcoming week, Jamie? Are you excited about potentially adding him to your lineup?
1: Yeah, I'd be okay with it. I, I've been pretty high on Tim Patrick for most of the year. I've had him kind of in that wide receiver three territory. He gets—he's not a big name. And look, I, I poo-pooed him the first couple of weeks where he was coming on earlier in the year. Uh, and But then I, I bought in. Like, he is their true wide receiver one right now. Jerry Judy is tremendously talented, and I think he might have one of the biggest rookie two sophomore leaps once Denver's offense gets back together because he's still running routes incredibly well. He's just There's just been a few different scenarios where he hasn't been used consistently. I expect a big season from him next year. But right now, Tim Patrick is Denver's wide receiver one. Uh, he catches touchdowns. I'm not afraid of Carolina secondary who they play next week. So he absolutely is in the wide receiver three conversation. He's in the flex conversation. He'd be a guy I would play over the Adrian Peterson's or some of these other names, the Ty Johnson, some of those other names we just brought up in the running back section. If I'm choosing for a flex spot, I'm going to take Tim Patrick. So I would absolutely consider adding him because he is somebody you can play right away this week.
2: I like him, man. Look, he's filled in for Cortland Sutton and he almost hasn't missed a beat. He's not quite there. But Jamie said, he makes, he's big, he's physical, has a big catch radius. He catches touchdowns. He goes over top of people to catch touchdowns. And Drew Locke goes to him a lot. Jerry Jude has been taken out of games completely. KJ Hamler is explosive and all that, but he's a razzle-dazzle crossing kind of guy. The guy they go to when they need stuff that they went to with Portland Sutton is Tim Patrick. And they're not playing very well. Like, they played really good against the Chiefs the other night, but they've been struggling before that. So they're going to throw it a ton. You can run it on Carolina, so they might throw it a little bit less. But I don't think they're going to be winning this game. So – I, they're going to have to go to him. He's their number one guy. I like him. I think he's one of the best ads you could get this time here. As, as you see in week 14, there ain't a whole lot to add to your team at this point. He's one I would definitely consider.
0: We all know the, the next guy on the list is making a list because uh, one of the guys was having a phenomenal year. Will Fuller, uh, obviously done for the year with the suspension In his first game, kind of taking on this role, Kiki Q T has eight receptions for 141 yards, steps in very nicely, Uh, doesn't have great matchups with the Bears and the Colts in the next two weeks, but there's always going to be value on that Houston team. And with Will Fuller out, I assume you guys are probably at least looking at this one. Jamie, are you liking Kiki Q T moving forward?
1: Yeah, I think he's going to be a guy that's in that low-end wide receiver three, wide receiver four type category for you going forward. You know, normally I would shy away from this Bears matchup, but I don't know what I've seen from the Chicago defense the last two weeks that would make me run away. Uh, He's my wide receiver 36 this week. He basically played the Will Fuller role and had a ton of success uh, last week, and they're going to throw the ball a ton because they have to, and they just don't commit to the run consistently going forward, and they're not going to run on the Bears. So what are you going to do? You're going to put the ball in Deshaun Watson's hand, and you're going to throw with volume. And somebody has got to be open in that offense. And I don't think it's going to be Chad Hansen again, with all due respect, great performance from him. He's back on the practice squad right now, but uh, I think it's going to be QT and Brandon cooks. that get a lot of the looks here. Maybe Jordan Akins as well. So he is somebody that again, is in that same category of a potential wide receiver three that you can play in your flex spot that I would play over some of those other running backs that we just talked about.
2: Every time he's played, he's put up until he gets hurt. Like every time for the last couple of years, he's had a chance to play. He's put up numbers. And I'll tell you what I've seen from this bears defense. I just watched Matthew Stafford throw for 400 with a decimated offensive crew around him that you probably have less weapons and aren't playing as good as the Houston Texans have been playing on offense. I like it. That's another guy I think you could absolutely add who's going to get target volume because they're going to throw it a ton. They don't run it at all. You can run it on the Bears defense too right now. They just got torched two weeks ago on the ground, but they don't commit to the run. David Johnson is going to get his 10 carries. They're going to toss it to him once. And then Deshaun Watson is going to throw it all over the place. And what you – what you? Yeah, maybe. What you have been seeing is the strong Watson take what the defense gives you. The ball is coming out of his hand a lot faster. That right there is get him in space and let him run after the catch. He's an explosive guy. He's always put up numbers until he gets hurt. Like, don't be surprised if he plays a bunch and like gets hurt in the middle of the third quarter. Every time he's had this opportunity to to seize a role, he's gotten hurt.
1: Another the point there too is that at some point last late last season, he started to get into Bill O'Brien's doghouse. And obviously Bill Bryant's not there anymore. And as a different coach, I know it's the same coaching staff, but as a different person is calling the shots at the very top, maybe some of that stuff is forgiven. You start to see, and again, injuries, suspensions, all those stuff leads to this happening. Production. Production, but he was in the doghouse and now he's getting the opportunities to play and he's been successful. So as long as he's out there, he's going to be fantasy relevant.
0: Yeah. As, as I said, uh, Bill O'Brien gone. So you can, everybody's the, the doghouse no longer exists, uh, at least for, for right now, for the rest of the season, last guy here, we're going to get into in waiver wires is tight end position. Anthony Fersker, who stepped in for Johnny Smith, who might be out this week might be out another week. We're not really sure with that knee injury five for seven for 51 yards. Jamie, is this a guy you pick up and play? If you had Johnny Smith or are you interested in him, over certain other options moving forward.
1: No. And look, as I rank my tight ends, which you can see at the draftnetwork.com now, now that everybody's back, there's this huge glut of just a bunch of guys that are okay, that could spike. Mm -hmm. Right now, and I think he's probably toward the bottom of that. Like, I know they'll go to him sometimes, but now if you look outside of what I think is clearly the top seven, which is in whatever order you like, this is the order I have him for next week. But it's Kelsey Waller, Hawkinson Andrews, Henry, Gronkowski, Ebron. I think those are the clear top seven at the position. Beyond that, with John Smith out, you've got Logan Thomas, who had a really big game, who I like. You've got Tunyon, who now seems to have a, that touchdown rapport back with Aaron Rodgers. Fant coming on a little bit, maybe Goddard, Evan Ingram, you know, Jacecki who had a big game last week, Dalton Schultz connect has a little bit of a connection with Andy Dalton, Austin Hooper, Tyler Eifert who's connecting with, with Mike Lendon on a consistent basis now, Hayden Hurst, Trey Burton. Like you've got all these names here now that I all think have like an equal-ish chance of getting you those 8, 9, 10 fantasy points that you're pretty much resigned to getting if you don't have one of those six or seven best tight ends. So he's somewhere near the bottom of that list for me. Uh, I I just don't think he's a priority add And all on. Most of those guys are going to be available for you. You're going to have at least one or two, if not three of those options available for you on the waiver wire. I wouldn't even spend, I wouldn't spend a single fab dollar. Uh, I I wouldn't spend a waiver priority. I would sit back let everybody else do the waivers this week and pick up the best of that glut of, of talent there. Cause I think honestly, from about tight end eight to tight end 18, there's really not much difference.
2: Yeah, you're 100% dependent on touchdowns. And don't go pick up Pruitt either because you saw a big number. He picked up a fumble for the second touchdown, and they dialed one up almost like an offensive lineman for the first one. So, like, don't go do that either. He does have chemistry with Tannehill when John Smith's been out. But like Jamie said, I mean, that was described perfectly. I, I don't think I'm touching that one either. If okay. Ian Thomas is out there, or, he, yeah, Logan Thomas is out there, like, somehow yeah. go grab that. If he's out if he's available, mm-hmm. after, he, this is not just yesterday either. This has been a few weeks he's the tight end of that offense. He looks explosive. Alex Smith loves him. Like that one, that one, if he's, I don't, I doubt he is, but if he's available, grab him for sure. Yeah.
1: He'd be that tight end eight there. And, and I think if you're, I hope we do. Uh, I, I guess I know a guy that controls content at draft network. So we could probably yeah. get that done, but uh, I would love to look back this season on Logan Thomas. Just, I agree. not just it's yes, that the receiving numbers are good, but he's a complete tight end. Uh, and he, the transition to that spot and then doing it at the level that he is in all facets of the tight end position has been absolutely remarkable. And I think that that deserves a further look and he's going to be firmly in that tight end one conversation that we're going to have in the off season when we're ranking 2021 groups. And we start talking about guys that you're going to be able to get late in the draft instead of spending the 12th overall pick on Travis Kelsey, who's actually probably been worth it this year, but Mm -hmm. do you really want to spend a first round pick on a tight end going forward? Uh, he's going to be in that conversation of like, just sit back and wait for Logan Thomas. I feel like we're going to say that a lot. Especially love.
2: with Alex Smith being the quarterback. Yeah. yeah and, which it and looks love- like he's going to be next year. For one yeah. more year, I think so. Even for if they draft
1: him. For at sure. At this point, they're, the, the guy they might get would be Trey Lance. And you're not, I don't think you're playing Trey he's Lance.
2: He's going to get Mahomes again, but dude, I hope he gets another year. I was scared to death. And then I finally watched him play. And then I watched blood come out of the other leg. <laughs> and they just go in and tape it up and he doesn't flinch. And I'm like, Iron Man Hall of Fame, tough dude. Oh, yeah. Put him in bronze above everybody else. And that includes Dicka playing on a broken leg and and Ronnie Lott cutting off a finger like Alex Smith is in that crew of NFL lore from now on. Uh, He's just, I hope he gets another one, man. I mean, I don't know what the brace is on the other leg or how he moves,
0: but he almost looks like the same guy. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, he got he's hit quite a few times yesterday oh, in that yeah. Pittsburgh game. I mean, he, he, and there were a couple of moments where I was going, Oof, okay, deep It's breath, also deep breath, breath. the but perfect point
2: that I make all the time, that the NFL game from the quarterback position is played between the ears and not with your body. He, if he All the athleticism, is, he doesn't have a big arm. He still understands concepts in the game. He's smart as hell. That's why he's being successful. It's not the ability that he can move around to us if it helps. But he's yes. not the most talented guy ever, right? It, no. You still have to play it between the ears, and he's so smart. He's going to be better than any other option they have for at least another year. Totally, also, totally
1: agree. He'd also be one of the guys. Before we get off this topic of there's like this this collective group of guys that if they were taken twenty spots lower in the draft, I think people would treat them better, for lack of a better phrase. Like if Alex Smith went twenty second in the first round instead of first people would look back at his career more fondly. I think they will now because there's this human interest element of of Alex Smith to end his career. Uh, But I think people would like look back at his entire career differently. If he didn't go number one overall, Eric Fisher is another guy uh, the tackle in Kansas city would be looked at a lot different if he was taken 20 picks later in the draft, just because they weren't transcendent stars with the top pick, but they've been damn good pros for a very, very long time that I think outside of finding that, You know, that dynamic franchise changing quarterback, most teams would be pretty happy to get that sort of production from that pick for going forward. And remember with Alex Smith, that year before Patrick Mahomes, how damn good he was in that and that Andy Reid offense. People MVP conversation remarkable from him.
2: He was MVP conversation all the way through it. When the football life is done of Alex Smith, everybody's gonna go, damn, he was a lot better than I thought he was. To your point, Jim. He went to the playoffs like five or six years in a row on two different teams. And was everything you'd hope he would be in more. And I bet all those coaches that replaced him other than maybe Andy Reid with Patrick Mahomes, went, wow, I, I want that guy back. And whoever they draft behind him, I'm going to give a lot more stock to than I would yeah. if him going somewhere else. Because Alex yeah. is the type of guy that says, this is how I do it. And if that guy's smart enough to follow him around like a puppy dog for a year, he's going to be a hell of a lot better off than he would be in mm-hmm. damn near any other situation.
0: You Great would spot so. for Trey
1: Lance
2: great, yeah, spot, great
0: for, spot for great, phenomenal. phenomenal. Yeah, that the, the, you would hope you would understand that if Patrick Mahomes could check the ego at the door and sit back and, and learn from Alex Smith, that everybody else would do that uh, and, and take that opportunity. So I'm hopeful for that. All right, guys, ranking standouts, Jamie, anything that stood out to you this week as you went into do your rankings, good or bad, and then we will preview Tuesday and Thursday night football.
1: Yeah. So before I get into that, I wanted this little segment here. It's brought to you by Manscaped, but I want to let you guys know that I got another letter.
0: Oh, It's, it's yeah. crazy.
1: It's like, I know USPS is delayed for everybody, but apparently they get plenty of letters here into Chicago pretty quickly. Uh, so I want to read, I haven't, I haven't read it yet. So I just want to read it live here on the show. It says, dear TDN fantasy podcast. This is my final letter to you guys. Ooh. I just wanted to say thank you for everything you've done for Hanky Poo. But I'm so excited that I get to spend more time with him alone now. His last show was last Friday. So as a parting gift, I bought a Manscapes performance package, the ultimate men's hygiene bundle. Included in this package is the Weed Whacker ear and nose hair trimmer, which is a waterproof and uses a 9,000 RPM motor powered 360 degree rotary dual blade system. Now that I see him in the light of day more often, this tool is a lifesaver. Oh, and Manscaped's performance package still includes all of my and Hanky Poo's favorites, including the Lawmower 3.0 trimmer, the best trimmer on the market for your balls, butt, and body, the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, which you know is my favorite, and the Crop Reviver Ball Toner, which all maximize Hanky's ball hygiene routine. This performance package also includes two free gifts, Manscaped's boxers, and the Shed Travel Bag for when Hanky and I head out to the Rusty Spur in Old Town Scottsdale. Thanks to you guys and you're using the code TDN. I saved 20% off my entire purchase and got free shipping at manscaped.com. The Manscaped performance package has everything I and Hanky need. Thanks again. I'm thrilled to have my Hanky Pooh back, signed Linda C. That's very nice. And if you want- That's why he's the uh, best in the business,
2: ladies and gentlemen.
1: Well done. If you want to thrill the Linda C in your life, Make sure you use the code TDN at manscaped.com, 20% off your entire purchase and free shipping. Uh, And Hanky Poo is enjoying it, even though he might not be on the show anymore. He's got smooth balls and spirit, and we will always remember you.
0: Hank, uh, shout out to our intern that we had for the first semester, Hank, who uh, ended up being a prop on our show. Hank, you were phenomenal, great intern. Shout out to Hank and Linda C., who inevitably will spend a lot of time at the coach house and at the rusty mm-hmm. spur in old town Scottsdale over the next few weeks. So Jamie, those ranking standouts brought to you by manscape. Tell us about them.
1: Yeah. So I want to talk about a receiver and a running back from the positive standpoint. And then I've got a negative one that I think is really worth discussing for a big name player, but let's start with one. And you might know where this is going already because I, I tweeted about it, but actually there's two here. Let's get into it right away. Corey Davis. He is the wide receiver 18 on a points-per-game basis for the season. Wide receiver 18, a top 20 wide receiver. I'm going to reiterate that again. He has had one bad game all year. It was against Chicago. Yet, he started in only 25% of ESPN leagues last week. He's available in 45% of ESPN leagues and available in 30% of Yahoo leagues. What's going on? Can somebody explain how is a top 20 wide receiver for the season who continues to perform? Is not a boomer bust guy. This isn't no. Darius Slayton last year. Mm-hmm. This is a guy that's giving you a point like his worst weeks, his bad weeks are 10 points. Like he is producing for you every single week in PPR. And he's sitting on the waiver wire in a lot of leagues. I don't get it. Do, do you guys, I mean, do you understand what's happening here? Uh, to me, if he's available, he should be the number one pickup period. End of story. I imagine most competitive leagues he's already t- should have been taken weeks ago. but Just check your leagues just in case because I don't know what's going on. I don't care if you're in a 10-team league. I don't care if you're in an 8-team league. This is a top 20 wide receiver this year that I have ranked as a wide receiver to this week. That needs to be owned in 100% of leagues and starting in almost 100% of leagues.
0: I don't know, Jamie. Yeah, I don't know if this is because of the A.J. Brown effect, right? Like I don't know if it's because there's like splash plays, right, from A.J. Brown and he's the big physical, exciting, like – that I don't know if it's that in tandem with like run first, Derrick Henry, just kind of Corey Davis becomes an afterthought. Like I think there's a a couple of different narratives that lead to Corey Davis being this like silent superstar this year. But I picked him up, I think it was like I picked him up off the waivers. It was probably about six weeks ago. And he starts every every week for me. And Jamie just said it. What he is a top 20 wide receiver. He's 18. For the entirety of the year, on a points per game basis, this isn't. He should never be in our rankings or waiver wire or any of that for the rest. Of, he should just be in your lineup at all moments of time. Like there, that's. I don't. I don't really know what else it could be other than I think there's, like I said, a couple of different narratives that have kept him on the outside.
2: We absolutely gushed about him the other night, and while you say AJ Brown is the phys, he is the exact same dude. Yeah, like you go back to the draft, he is a freaking monster. Like you played Miami in the eighties and like they got off the bus and they look different than everybody else. That's this freaking Titans offense. Like they, Derrick Henry and AJ Brown and Corey Davis is one of those guys. This is recency bias. I was just talking about, he was a bust the first three years of his career. They don't pick up the fifth year option. He comes in this year. He starts off slow and then he takes off and the talent finally gets there. And people are late to catch up. Like they always are. Not enough people listen to the show. Jamie Raven about him early in the year Paige picking him up six weeks ago. I did the same a month ago. He is a star that's finally living up to the potential that Ryan Tannehill goes to when he's in trouble. It's not a two or three target thing. He go, he gets seven or eight a week. And they're like 18-yard digs if they're playing cover two. He's killing that, but then he's taking it another 20. He's been spectacular. I think the only way this is, is recency bias that you think he's not any good because he was kind of a bust for his first three years.
1: Yeah, and, and this is – it doesn't have a huge fantasy impact this year, but as we start to look towards – I know because a lot of you are listening. Hopefully you're listening you'll, and you'll continue to listen even if you are eliminated or get eliminated in the postseason. But you start to look to next season, the names of big star wide receivers that are free agents that could be changing teams and have a major fantasy impact next year is remarkable. Corey Davis is one of them. Juju Smith-Schuster, Kenny Galladay, Chris Godwin, Allen Robinson, Will Fuller, Curtis Samuel, all free agents right now. Some of those guys will probably re-sign before we hit the the free agency. But this is going to be really interesting. Corey Davis is going to be one of those names that I think, depending on where he goes, like there's a a scenario where he goes to certain teams and the hype builds him back up. But let's say he re-signs in Tennessee. I think he's going to be a value in next year's draft. People are going to go contract year. I don't really believe it. I don't see it. They'll take A.J. Brown in the second round and then they'll leave Corey Davis for the middle rounds. And I I just – Someone to keep an eye on all year, uh, as we talk about all season rankings. But somebody that has to be in your fantasy lineup for the fantasy postseason just has to be.
0: All right, James. Who else stuck out to you in your rankings? Couple other ones.
1: Uh, one of them, and I'm just going to freestyle this one. I didn't tell you guys about this one before the show, but I, I'm kind of buying into Ty Hilton again a little bit.
0: Yeah, he was the almost. I was... almost, I almost snuck him into the waiver column last minute because I was like, my boy, our boy, Ty. We, we, we were hyping him going into the season. Yeah. He had a rough start to the year, but he's he's creeping. He's creeping, and I'm, I am I, I almost threw him in, so I'm glad you're bringing him up.
1: Because he's got a very – aside from that Steelers game uh, in week 16, he's got a pretty favorable schedule the rest of the way. He's going to, the, to Vegas this coming week, home against the Texans, obviously at Pittsburgh, and then if you play in week 17, home against the Jaguars. So – Uh, that's a pretty favorable schedule. He's got back-to-back pretty solid games. It looks like there's a little bit more rapport with rivers. Now the Colts are still throwing the ball way more than they should. They just, they just, this is what they're going to be. I mean, we're too late in the year for them to switch this up. Now this is what they're going to be. I have him ranked this week as my wide receiver 33. So he is back into that. Like you need to start considering him in that wide receiver three or flex spot as they're just, I don't know what they're dumping metal outside of my apartment right now. Uh, but I would strongly consider him uh, not only as a this-week pickup, but as someone you're going to play three of the final four weeks of the season in a, in a second flex or as a wide receiver three. You're exactly
2: right. He has the chemistry now. From what I'm hearing at Indy, and we've, see, we've talked about T.Y. so gushingly on the show for years, he plays through everything. He wasn't healthy all year. He wasn't necessarily questionable or doubtful for Sundays, but he was dealing with a bunch of different stuff that he's finally getting right, and he's finally building that chemistry and rapport with Phillip Rivers, and he's by far their best option. Pittman's been really good but he's run these like shallow drag routes and then getting the run after the catch where T.Y. is still running the entire route tree Philip Rivers finally hit him I even like him against the Steelers they're gonna have to throw it like you just said they're throwing it a ton. I think he's a great guy right now to, to, to play back in your lineup or even pick back up I've seen a bunch of leagues where he's been dropped.
0: Yeah. All right, Jamie you said you had one negative correct. Yes. So who else who else else round this out here so this player does not make my top
1: 30 running backs this week, which means it's not somebody that you would probably start even in a flex spot. Now that's Miles Sanders. Uh, I I just, his usage has been just weird to me. He's not an active part of the passing game. They seem more content using Boston Scott in that role more. He's not getting enough carries on the ground to be effective. And you don't run on the saints. Uh, I mean, the saints, the numbers on the saints, they are allowing fewer than 15 fantasy points per game to running backs this year. That is every running back on a roster on a weekly basis combines for fewer than 15 fantasy points per game. I just I don't see how you could start him this week. I, I know where you drafted him, I know you've been waiting all season for him to come off IR for you to put him back in your lineup, but I, I think he's he's going to be in a, in my sit column this week. I think he's unstartable this week.
2: He was my dud of the week. I mean, that, you, the proof is what you saw the other night in Green Bay. If you don't run, if they can't run him and get him points in that game and get him going in that game. The usage isn't there. I agree with you a hundred percent.
0: Miles Sanders, a surprise for sure. You got the, uh, the eyebrow raised, especially with the running backs we've had this year. Uh, but let's, let's move on Tuesday night football preview quickly. I want you guys to make a pick before we previewed the show, before we jumped on the show, I told you guys the line was nine, right? That online, it has moved already is nine and a half. Cowboys at Ravens, Ravens minus nine and a half. As of right now on betonline.ag, I refreshed right before we did this. Might even move to 10. Who knows? Jamie, who are you picking? Cowboys at Ravens. I
1: guess I'll lean the Baltimore still. I, I'm favor, which makes it tough. But uh, I, I, I they're, look, they're a desperate team. And to me, more so, Jake already discussed Dallas' offensive line issues. They're going to blitz the crap out of you. They're going to have to. And they're just – I don't know how Dallas is going to stay upright. I don't have any faith in them to put up enough points in this game consistently. I hate doing this because the Ravens don't deserve to be this big of favorites the way they've played this year and the way their offense has operated. Um, But – I just – I don't know how Dallas is going to be able – I mean, with Ngakwe and some of these other guys coming off and Judon. I just don't know how you're not going to – I don't know how you're going to keep Andy Dalton upright in this game. and I don't know how you're going to run the ball effectively. If this was against almost any other team, I would say this is ridiculous line. But I'm going to take Baltimore reluctantly to win and cover. Um, I think they win fairly easily. But this line getting near double digits is tough.
2: I'm going to go with what I wrote down, which is 30-21 to 21, Baltimore which was dead on the line. And I was going to say, okay, if I got to push one way or the other, I'll lean towards Baltimore coven, but I'm going to leave it alone. Here's why. Jimmy Smith went down last week. Peters went down last week. They're okay, but they're not hundred percent. And nobody has the weapons. The Cowboys have. You talk about all three receivers. If they can pick up the blitz a little bit. Well, I just talked about Tony Pollard's great at that. He's also great at being in there on those passing downs. I think he actually plays a pretty big role tonight. I think they can score enough points to keep it close. By the way, what the hell does anybody see from Baltimore to think that they're going to blow anybody out at this point? Yeah, exactly. I, I have very little faith that they're going to do that. I think they're going to get dusted by the Browns next week.
0: I'm calling it audible guys. Uh, if you would like to hear our preview of the Patriots at Rams game, you will have to listen to our against the spread show on Thursday. Gives me a nice opportunity to promote the fact that we've been doing the against the spread show. You can check that out on Twitter, on social media, specifically, if you want to see it before the Thursday night football matchup, as of right now, Patriots at Rams, Rams minus six. So. If you want to hear that, you'll have to check out against the spread on social media, and then you can check out all of that. It gets uploaded to YouTube at the Draft Network. You can search on YouTube to see that. Final thoughts here. We will finish out the pod, Jamie. Your final thoughts?
1: I'll just reiterate some of the topics that we talked about on the show on Sunday, which Sunday night, which was it's fancy playoff time. Congratulations uh, if you've made it, or if you're waiting to see if you made it based on tonight's game. Uh, if you didn't, obviously it's a tough season, but hopefully you'll stick with us because we're going to have a lot of actionable fantasy advice. And this is an important time to pay attention for next season. If you're not in it, you, there's a lot of t- trends that get missed because a lot of people stop paying attention They they missed the playoffs. They've had a bad season. Maybe they took Saquon Barkley one and, you know, they just were ne- not able to, or Saquon Barkley two, and they were just never able to get get off the ground this year. So the fantasy season ends after week 13, and they stop paying attention. You can't do that. If you're going to be competitive next season, if you're going to have an advantage over the rest of your league, you need to pay attention. And every year, late in the off season, I do a column about the things you might have missed over the final four weeks of the season, and the takeaways that matter for fantasy drafts. You can get ahead of that by paying attention now. Even if you're not going to set your lineups, even if you don't, now, a lot of leagues don't even do consolation brackets anymore. But if even if you don't have a league that does that, pay attention. Make sure you're you're active and involved in what's going on in fantasy football land. Be active and involved at teams that are playing younger players down the stretch that might have bigger roles next year. You need to be ahead of the game on this if you want to try to find sleepers that other people are going to ignore. Because half the fantasy population is just going to tune out after this week. They're going to watch football, but they're not going to pay attention to the fantasy implications. Don't be one of those players because if you want to be competitive, you want to find those sleepers in advance before everybody else gets them. And the real sleepers, not the sleepers that are like ranked as everybody's wide receiver 25 and everybody talks about them as a sleeper and nobody actually thinks they're a sleeper. I mean, the real deep dive sleepers. This is the time of year where you can find them.
0: Jake, your final thoughts.
2: I got a little bit of an old man PSA on some stuff that's been driving me nuts watching games lately as the resident old man on the show. If you're a DB and you get your ass kicked by a receiver and the quarterback throws it out of bounds or overthrows it, please don't wave your hands like you did shit. It drives me crazy. If you're a receiver and you're losing by 30 and you catch your first pass for a freaking first down the fourth quarter, don't tell me it's a first down. I don't give a shit. I'm so sick and tired of watching these damn players act like, In the wrong situations, they did something special. It is driving me absolutely insane. If you're a freaking pass rusher and you're getting your ass kicked by a 30 and you sack the quarterback, save the dance for next week when it freaking matters because you didn't do shit for the first three quarters of that game that mattered. It's driving me absolutely nuts to watch some of these games. Uh, And it's not all young players. I'm seeing some superstars that have done it in some bad situations. Be more self-aware. And I say this all the time when I talk about guys like this. There's a tape out there of a guy that's done it for a really long time the right way go get some tape on Larry Fitzgerald on what he does after a catch. He hands it to yes, the official. Sir. What's he do after he catches a touchdown? He hands it to the official. There's nothing more swag you cool than acting like you've been there a million freaking times before. Learn that old lesson.
0: Uh, This old man PSA brought to you by Jake Arians. I absolutely loved the old man PSA because I agree with it. It's it's not even, I just think it's like a, it's, it's not even an old man thing. It's just a self-awareness thing. Like be aware of the fact that you're getting your ass whooped and nobody cares that you just sack the quarterback when you're down 30, like it doesn't matter because that team's probably not trying that hard anymore because they're whooping your ass. So like, I, I agree with you. Cause every time I see this happen, most of the time it happens where there's a DB that goes like this. that's all excited, or it's a wide receiver that stands up and goes first down and I'm going, just, just don't. Just do yourself a favor. Just don't. The whole rest of your team's looking at you like you're a moron. Like, you just look stupid. You're not winning. A couple years ago, it was like
2: three guys. Now it's like three guys in every game. I know. They catch a first down, and they give like this. It's it's absolutely absurd.
0: Self-awareness. Get some. That's my final thoughts. Uh, If you guys want to follow the show, you guys can follow us at TDN Fantasy on both Twitter and Instagram. Jamie and Jake, why don't you tell everybody how they can find you? Jamie first.
1: You can find me at Jamie Eisner on Twitter. You'll see my start, sit columns, sneaky starts, rankings, and more. DraftNetwork.com or just follow me on Twitter at Jamie Eisner.
0: And Jake?
2: Well said. Jake B. Arians on Twitter and Arians NFL on
0: Instagram. And you guys can follow me at the underscore sports page with an I on both Twitter and Instagram. And as Jamie mentioned, if you want to check everything out that we're doing, go to the DraftNetwork.com.